What's going on, everybody? And welcome to episode 35 of the Did You Hear podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle podcast network. I'm Emma Houghton. He's Pat Zhang. And Pat, we are in potentially one of the best weeks of the season. MLB has done one thing right, and it has put all of these all-star festivities around the same time. Because the last couple nights of baseball, without any games, has been pretty fun. Yeah, they do such a nice job with this. I, I, It's so exciting. The Home Run Derby, as we're going to talk about, was awesome. We had the MLB draft we'll touch on. The Futures game was on Sunday. All-star game tonight as we record it. Baseball does All-Star. It's not All-Star weekend. It's more like All-Star week. They do it so well. We've talked about it before. I think it is the best one in all professional sports. And oh, yeah. It, this is another reason why, because things have been spectacular here in Colorado. So cool. So you prefaced it. What we're going to do today is react to the Home Run Derby. Enough went on that we can form an entire episode <laughs> about the Home Run Derby. And then on Friday, we're going to react to the all-star game it'll be a little bit past at that point but we have a whole game to talk about we have all these all-stars to talk about we'll be just fine and we'll also look ahead to the second half of the season which i'm excited to do yeah few, no. uh, i'll just i'll keep going just quick Please. a few housekeeping announcements first our big announcement is that pat and i are taking a bit of a summer break so after this week after the week the weekly walk-off on friday we will not be recording together until the week of August 9th. I will actually be working on the Summer Olympics in Tokyo. I won't be in Tokyo. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool reasoning behind it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why we're taking the break. <laughs> so I will be working crazy shifts overnight, the whole thing. So we're going to take a little bit of a break from recording, but we'll be back in just three weeks. It's kind of a perfect time because it's the lull of the summer, not too much going on. And then we'll be back really for the second half of baseball, upcoming NFL season, Training college football, camps. the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, really good time to get back into it in mid-August at that point. Crazy, man. Yeah, it'll be really cool. And then so we're talking with Emma beforehand. I will still record a July player of the month or players of the month show. Uh, there in either end of July or early August because we know that uh, we've seen people really enjoy those episodes. So I will definitely record one of those. And by the time we start picking up recording again that second week of August, hopefully I will stop crying from looking at these all-star jerseys and how sad they make me feel. (laughs) They are just plain (laughs) ugly. There's no way you can get around it. I'm sure we'll talk about it again on Friday, but... I cannot wrap my head around the reasoning for not allowing these players to wear their normal jerseys and to wear these. Like, at least if you came up with something great, I could see it. These are so bad. I just, oh, it hurts my heart. Yeah, I don't know why they have to change anything at all. But in the past, I don't feel like I've ever felt morally offended like I do this year looking at them. Yes. I don't even think they're wearing their own helmets. No, they're not, and that's so. They usually the all they come out with all star jerseys every year. But the thing is, they only wear those jerseys during like pregame and batting right. practice, and sometimes they'll bust them out for home run derby and things like that. They never wear them during the game, and this year they made the change. And I just go we back might to be, the way it was. We might be seeing a regression next year. Wouldn't surprise me if we go back to the old ways. Hey, Rob Manfred was talking today about going back to some old ways when it comes to double headers. Oh yeah, uh, and runners on second base and things like that. 
Let's uh, let's turn back the clock on these jerseys too, Rob, and let's go back to wearing the I normal jerseys. I am fine with that. And I feel for the people that come up with this that you can't ever create a perfect jersey. And no, there's so no, many no, other no. It's so instances hard. that come to my head. But this one, this year seems particularly bad. This is a rough one. Yeah. It, it, it's a rough it's a rough jersey and it's even rougher to then not just use it in the standard way of batting practice and such right. but to then have it be the main showcase uh for the all-star game but for this the year this yeah a little, happen, little yeah. difficult but you know yeah. like i said by the time we pick up again in, in august I, I think i'll be over it yeah hopefully <laughs> there will be other things going on life move on life moves on so that is our first housekeeping announcement the second is that we reached 50 reviews on Apple Podcasts. That was a huge benchmark for us. We are so excited, so grateful to everybody who's listening. We've got a ton of good stuff coming. It's crazy that we're taking three weeks off, or I'm taking the full three weeks off. You can't even help yourself. You're going to be back. Yeah, We've been doing this for a while. Uh, We've been doing this for months and months now. It's so much fun. I'm going to miss it. I know I am, even amidst the crazy hours. But we just wanted to thank every every single person who has listened to us, who has engaged with us on Twitter, who has given us positive feedback. We appreciate it so, so much. Yeah, Emma put it perfectly there. Thank you to everyone that has taken the time to leave a review. Thank you to everyone that has downloaded and listened to the show. We're, we're really excited to continue to grow this community. And it has been so much fun here in year one. And we've still got a little bit more to go before we hit that uh, that one year anniversary. Yeah, you're right. All right, enough with the sappy stuff. Let's get into <laughs> Let's baseball. Pat, tell me what your viewing experience of the Home Run Derby was like. Oh, it was, it was great. I, I went into it, you know, very, very excited. I know that the big story in baseball was all about Shohei Otani, of course, being in it. But for me, as a New York Mets fan... Knowing that Pete Alonso was going to try and defend his title and just knowing Pete Alonso, add in course Field, add in it was 90 degrees, add in you had the wind blowing out, and add in that they didn't use the humidor, and there was potential for some explosiveness, and that is exactly what we got, not even just with Pete Alonso, just with everyone that went up there, really put on a show, and I just got to sit back. I would say relax, but uh, that was for all the other matchups other than the Alonzo matchups where I was rooting very hard for him. Uh, It was super cool. I love the Home Run Derby every single year. This one showed out, and I'm sure we're going to talk plenty about it. Oh, yeah. Well, your guy back-to-back years. Pete Alonzo is making a name for himself. He's made for this. The best thing of this entire week is how much money Pete Alonzo Mm -hmm. has made from the Home Run Derby versus his literal career earnings from playing baseball however many months in a row, this means a lot to people. And even if it wasn't the money award, I would hope that the energy around this entire week and now into the weekend, like we mentioned at the beginning with the Futures game in the draft, I hope that people would be that into it anyway, because it really is so fun. Pete Alonso mentioned that he picked his own music. I loved yep. that touch. You've got the interviews that are mostly painful, but yes. sometimes when you, you get a moment where Pete Alonso says he's a little stitious, it's just cool. I just, <laughs> was good. I, I think it's so fun. And honestly, I didn't feel like there were any duds this year. There, there are always a few that you just know they're not going to win or even cause that much of cause that much noise. I truly didn't feel like there was one single dud in this entire eight person derby. 
I mean, look at the first round you got. Every single matchup, even Alonzo hitting 35 in the first round, which was a first-round record, Salvi Perez stepped right up and hit 28. Oh, yeah. It, it was phenomenal. Otherwise, you had Story win by one against Gallo. You had Mancini win by one against Olsen. You had Soto and Shohei go to a swing-off. Like, it, part of, the home run derby I've always loved, but, you know, there are some years where you haven't had the best participants in it. The past couple years and this year especially, was just a stacked class. And I think that's awesome that kind of across baseball, you're starting to see more and more players, you know, buy into the Derby and want to be a part of it. I mean, they interviewed Fernando Tatis on the on the sideline yesterday, and he did not rule out hitting in Los Angeles next Saw year in the Derby. Yeah. I, I think guys are kind of catching on on how cool of an event it is. And part of that is you have Pete Alonso dancing at the plate <laughs> while hitting 520-foot bombs. You know, you've got Juan Soto having this awesome time. You've got Shohei Otani, you know, the number one attraction in the sport right now, wanting to be in it, then pitching the All-Star game while hitting first the next day. It is it is starting to become more of an event for baseball players, and I just think that's awesome for the sport, and it can only mean good things. It totally builds momentum for next year, too, which is the mm-hmm. perfect thing. Salvador Perez had the most heartbreaking night if of him. It was. He hit I actually 20, felt bad for him. He hit 28 home runs in the first round, and he was an afterthought. Crazy. This year, So I told you what I did. I'll tell everybody who's listening. I was out last night playing a softball league. I recorded the, the home run derby, and I didn't look at my phone because I wanted to see what happened during the derby mm-hmm. live. How many situations would you do that for? So it's funny when, when you say it like that. Like there have been plenty of big games that I've done it for with my teams involved or, or other teams where I will do right. that. But for an all-star event to do that, like, no, I'm not doing that for the three-point competition or the dunk contest. <laughs> the dunk or the, contest, yeah. Or, or the dodgeball in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> I can't say I'm going to record, my, record it and, and shut all my notifications off, but... The Home Run Derby, especially this iteration, what it's become over the last couple of years, it is worth it. It is must-watch television for the yeah. sport. And what made it even worse is that I literally scrolled through. I fast-forwarded past Salvador Perez because I, <laughs> I saw what Pete Alonso did, 35. I knew nobody I don't was going to that. And then he literally hit 28. So poor guy. Uh, I needed to talk about Trey Mancini because yes. this storyline will never be overdone. Nope. 16 months to the day, Trey Mancini was undergoing chemotherapy. He was battling to live. And 16 months later, he was battling the reigning home run derby champion in the final round. It is unbelievable. Trey Mancini, alongside Shohei Otani, but for obvious reasons, different reasons, Trey Mancini is the best thing ever in baseball right now what he is doing is literally unfathomable it's amazing it's every single positive word that you can think of and he didn't have to win it for it to be awesome but for him to do as well as he did just was the the cherry on top for me so so that's the thing not only did he battle against alonso he put on a show all night he was really good and i loved it too because his his pitcher very clearly saw that Major League Baseball will not enforce the rules about waiting for balls to drop. So I think there are times where Mancini might have had four balls in the air at the same time. (laughs) Which, But the thing is, I don't care about the rules. Yeah, well, one kid went down during Pete Alonso, which, yeah, and then Alonso continued to then hit bombs after that. He was not faced. 
Christ. Um, but, you know, I, I saw some people were upset about that. Who cares? Just have yeah, fun and on. hit a ton of homers. So I thought it was awesome that Mancini really took advantage of that. And and like I said, it was rapid fire. He, I think there was a time where he hit seven in a row uh, out of the ballpark. I think that was only bested by Alonzo, who did that multiple times last night. Um Mancini was great. A lot of that power was to was to left field. He did hit a couple to center field, which those ones to center field. I mean, it is four fifteen to dead so deep, course. so and deep. Him, it was him and Juan Soto were the ones that continued to go to center field and, and clear that fence. It was oh such a cool as you said, Trey Mancini, one of the better stories in the game. So cool that he was included in this home run derby, and not only was he just included, the man took down Matt Olson who we've talked about through the show. I love Matt Olson, a, a great power hitter. And then Trevor Story, the hometown yeah. guy in the second round. So Mancini, I, I, of course I will remember this home run derby because Pete Alonso went back to back. But this home run derby will also be remembered because Trey Mancini absolutely lit it up. They put on a complete show. Another MVP that I wanted to mention. I can't remember his name right now. Shoot. Pete Alonso's pitcher. Do you have Dave his Jouse, name off the, the top the, of it? Yeah, he's the he's the Mets bench coach. Did you see the graphic about his pitches? Every yeah, single pitch he threw was perfect, perfect. The one thing Shohei Otani's guy oh, Brown. It was, it was so. Bad. He was squeezing him a bit. That's tough. Oh, you hate it, to see that. And the thing is, it doesn't get. Of, of course, it doesn't get a lot of attention because the focus on the home run derby is on the hitters. But your batting practice pitcher is everything in the yeah. home run derby. If you get a guy that's throwing cutters in on your hand, like Otani <laughs> was dealing with, with the low and in sliders, basically, yeah. you know, it's it's really hard to, to get in a groove. Um, and as you said, Dave Jouse put the ball basically center of the plate and elevated every single time. <laughs> and that it was really actually, helped Pete out. It was actually a bit like a video game. It was. When, when Pete Alonso was in his groove and the pitches just kept coming in one after one, it felt like I was watching Pete Alonso swing on a loop. It was that similar. It, it was. And the funny thing was, back, go back to 2019, Alonso picked his cousin because he wanted to have like a, you know, a special that was time a cool with story a family too. member, yeah. which is in great. Cleveland. But his cousin was not a very good pitcher. And Pete still won despite it just because of the electric and light tower power that the man has. So he went the more practical way this time. And you saw what happens when Pete gets a ball on a tee every time. Yeah, it was absolutely insane. So funny. It it was. uh, But no, great point on your part that the the pitcher really does make a difference in this. Yeah, and you hate to dwell on that because obviously they're not going to leave joey gallo struggled too he was probably my most disappointing not to be negative no i I agree with you i had pretty high expectations for joey gallo and he never really got in a groove he had some low pitches he was trying to do too much you could tell he wanted to hit one out of course was yeah Yeah. you don't want to as a as the hitter in this situation you don't want to leave the box and be cursing the guy throwing bp to you but when it's obvious it stinks a little bit but to shohei's credit he hit some of those cutters inside out of the ballpark because he is just that good. So I, I'm interested on, on your take here. Were you disappointed in Otani being eliminated here in the first round? That's a good question. I was obviously I, rooting for him. Me too. I was rooting for Otani. If he had lost without the swing off, I would have mm-hmm. been disappointed. I think the way the swing off happened and the fact that Soto went three for three. Which is just unbelievable. It was too insane. It was too yeah. good for me to be disappointed. 
Yeah, and I agree with you. Like, I saw some people like wanted to jump on Shohei for being the number one seed and losing. First off, he had no favors going against Juan Soto. Now, I understand yeah. they, they didn't just randomly seed them. They were seeded on how many home runs, you know, they, they hit going into it. But Juan Soto, I know this hasn't been his best season, but he's not exactly a, a cupcake of a hitter going up yeah. there. We know about the power. He can drive it off fields. So that was really difficult. And then think about it. Otani had zero home runs through the first minute and finished with 28. I thought the same exact thing. Like, I, it, he got off to a slow start. If I think if he had, what was it? The first forty-five seconds, he was. I mean, hitting he was ground balls. Yeah. yeah, and he really picked it up. Trey Mancini and, did a similar thing, too, and, and he was pressing so hard. And you yeah. saw it with that. He was frustrated at himself. He had the the weight of the world on him for a home run derby, which not too many guys had, but Shohei had it last night. It obviously affected him in that first minute, and he still went out there and hit twenty-eight home runs. I do not look at it as a disappointment or a letdown whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, it was just, listen, that was the big matchup was Soto and Otani that went to a swing off and you had th- the final score was 31 to 28. Yeah, it's I think insane. We more embrace the epicness and the greatness of that matchup more than, oh, Shohei let us down. No, no, of no, course, no, no. Very well no, said. No, exactly. no, no, no. Exactly. No. It's funny how many people I've heard say Soto's going to turn things around after this. Soto is going to have a monster second half after this. Yeah, he's no normal eight seed. No. The the fact that I can't even, just the fact that Otani was the number one seed, people know that's a PR move too, right? He's obviously going to be the number one seed. Let's not forget that he's pitching tomorrow at the time and he's hitting. Can we just, again, let's, let's appreciate the epicness. Let's appreciate that he's here and he hit. 28, you said? He hit 28, 28. home runs. Let's appreciate yeah. that. Not not bad for a pitcher in the home run derby. <laughs> not I will bad. Say that. Not I bad. saw the best tweet ever right before we started. I actually got to give credit because it was so good. I retweeted it. Give me one sec. Yeah. It was from David Gardner. Shohei Otani isn't the second coming of Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth was the beta version of Shohei Otani. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. I, I He's love that, that good. The, the, the thing is, he is. And I've seen more and more numbers start to pop up comparing, not just comparing Otani to Ruth, but showing how much better Otani is doing it than Ruth did. Yes. Just because Ruth was never a never a real two-way player is, is incorrect, but he wasn't a dominant pitcher while hitting 60 home runs. That it wasn't what you saw from him. What you're seeing from Otani is that you know high-end starting pitcher with the ridiculous power numbers and the speed and all that. And then oh yeah, he'll pitch and go play right field. Yeah. Uh, then in the same game, it the comparisons are just they're real. They're maybe more so now. It's just we could. I'm struggling to you know describe it in different ways oh, because yeah. I want to try to phrase it differently, and it's just so hard to because it is way real now. That's a good yeah. way to put it. It was funny at the beginning. To it compare was the two. Shohei Otani might literally be better than Babe Ruth. That is. Career is thank over. you, thank you for saying it like that because apparently in my mind I couldn't get those words to come <laughs> out of literally, my mouth. You couldn't fathom it. You couldn't no. put it together. But it no. literally might be true. Yeah. And it's... what I think is the most impressive is that he is splitting his time right now. Imagine how much better of a hitter he could be if he just That's focused scary. on hitting. 
Imagine how much better of a pitcher he could be if he just focused on pitching. Mm -hmm. That's why it is, I don't doubt for a second that he's my MVP. Even if Trout Fit hits 400. Even if Vladdy wins the Triple Crown. Shohei Otani is doing both and he is on a 60 homer pace. Shohei Otani might hit 60 home runs. Andy might have a sub 3-5 ERA. Mic drop. That's it. If only we could get the Angels in the playoffs now. Yeah. Oh, Pat, I am going to just... I'm going to take you off your feet with my number. (laughs) It's that good. I'm so excited to talk about it. It's so good. Oh, sweet. Nice. But one more thing about Shohei. Yep. So this is a little bit of a teaser into our All-Star Game reaction episode on Friday. The athleticism about Shohei Otani is one thing. The speed. Obviously, we can see how good he is in the box and on the mound. I don't think people talk about how much Shohei Otani likes the moment. Oh, Shohei it's Ohtani, so cool how much he's embracing it. He topped 100 miles per hour in the first inning of the All-Star game. As we record right now, it's just past 9 o'clock. I don't think we could have stayed up to the end of the All-Star game and then recorded. I'm sorry to everybody who's listening tomorrow. I'm not sure I'm making it up to the end of the All-Star game period. Yeah, it's, not even it's with a long, <laughs> long, long game. So he pitched in the first inning, obviously. He hit 100 miles per hour for just the second time. Do you know the first time? Uh, I'm going to take a guess, and it was during that Sunday night game, the first weekend of the season. Exactly. Oh, first yes. time, First time on Sunday night baseball this season, right after he hit that towering home run in the mm-hmm. top of the inning. And oh, now, right. coming off of his home run derby appearance, starting the All-Star game, batting second in the lineup, or batting leadoff. Leadoff, yep. Yeah. All this thing, he's doing it all, and he is doing it. To the best of his ability. He's trying to show everybody just how good he can be, and he's doing a pretty good job. Not only is he doing it like that, he's doing it all with a smile on his face. Oh, he's yeah. talking it's to every reporter. He's embracing with the fans. Uh, it's He is such a wonderful you know, showman and, and, and centerpiece for Major League Baseball. He really is. I. It's joyful to watch Shohei Otani play baseball, truly. Just, it, it's joyful to watch his reaction to playing yeah. baseball. It's it's great. It, it really is. So, so no, cool. is, is there anything else you want to hit on the Derby? I don't think so. I just, yeah. I really can't believe how much fun it was to watch. And all of these guys, even if Gallo, Gallo quote unquote disappointed, he still hit 20 plus home runs. He is still so good. Everybody was just such a good sport. Uh, Matt Olson's bat did want to mention that and give him some credit. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Polar bears, cleats, and bat. The I like cost, that they're yeah, adding. Custom bats. I like that they're adding some flair to it. I think that makes it more personal too. Yeah, this has just become a, a marquee event, and for me, it is. You know, joked about it with the recording compared to other other you know uh, sports type co- skills competitions. This is the top one for me out of any sport. Oh, yeah. Just it's just must watch tv it is so much fun as these young stars continue to go in it and really take over it is it's phenomenal do you want to give your one critique now or after i talk about the draft we'll we'll wait okay we'll wait all right so i'll i'll do my my number first Mm -hmm. actually is is yours about the week or do you want to go first you tell me. Actually, you know what, then? I'll, I'll give you the critique first because it's it's okay. very small, but I think it would be really cool. So it's about basically Major League All-Star Week, which I think they do a, a great job. You know, we're just about to talk about the draft. 
which you know very cool that they moved it to the all-star break i i or you know it was the sunday night of the all-star uh break i think that's a great idea and i hope they keep it that way my one change is of course they had the draft on sunday night home run derby monday night all-star game tuesday night wednesday there's nothing i would move the futures game from Mm. sunday afternoon when the rest of major league baseball is still playing so it's really hard to focus on that because you've got these other teams playing around why not move that to wednesday night and so then you have all these young you know prospects you put them on center stage when there's no other baseball games going on and it extends kind of your all-star week by a day i i'm kind of surprised that idea hasn't been put into fruition yeah maybe you should write the commissioner Oh, Rob. Throw it into his head. Oh, no. I don't know if I want to be in this head. <laughs> no, that's a great point. It's hard. It, all, Sunday afternoon is never a good time to focus that's why on anything either. That's why I don't get it. It's just, it's so strange that it is on the last day while other, you know, meaningful regular season games are going on. Like, yeah. shouldn't we bring the focus to these kids? That's just, it was that's how during I the Euros. The future yeah, game was, was during the Euro. It was also during the Euro final, yeah. You can't so. compete with that. <laughs> no. I was going to say it competes with golf on Sunday afternoons, but oh. literally this Sunday, the Euro PKs were on. That's that's going to be tough for ratings. Fans don't have to worry about ratings, but I actually think that's a, re- a really good point. And it, it kind of continues the momentum into Thursday night when uh, mm-hmm. Red Sox-Yankees Red Sox-Yankees play, Yankees open way, things too. up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I like cool. that. It's not even a critique. It's just... I, a really good way to maximize the week it's and a you have the, Rob. you almost have the the two bookends being the young players i kind of mm-hmm. like that I, I i thought it was cool so i thought it was yeah. worth mentioning yeah all right so i'll transition to the draft now which i think one of the best things baseball has ever done is move it to this week within the festivities mm-hmm. we because of covid last year had five rounds of the mlg mlb draft which is so unlike any other draft, if you're unfamiliar with the baseball draft, 20 rounds, it's tough to keep track of everything, obviously, because there are so many prospects. A lot of these guys don't even get signed. Pat's going to talk about some of the financial stuff. But to go into my number, one of the best ones I've ever done, in my opinion, the craziest number I've heard this week is 20. Oh, I know what it is. Yes, I love it so much. I am so excited to talk about it. After 20 rounds of the draft, the Los Angeles Angel- Angels drafted 20 pitchers. Never been done before. 20 of their 20 picks were pitchers. Hey, Pat, does that signal that there might be something wrong with their pitching staff this so- year? It's hysterical because what you always hear from scouts and draft evaluators and everything like that is that MLB teams almost never base their draft strategy around major league team needs. Right. It's not close enough. No, it's most exactly there. This draft can be so much of a, of a (laughs) crapshoot for lack of a better term for, for trying to find these prospects, you know, especially adding in the high schoolers, like you're taking a chance on 17, 18, 19 year olds, a lot of the time in this, and you got their years away from development. So, you know, it doesn't matter that, you know, you may have a a need at shortstop in two years because there's a very good chance you you don't hit there. They usually just pick the best player available regardless of the position and you figure everything else out later because even if you say do have a uh, a problem there and, a, and you can't get that top prospect up at that position you have a nice trade chip that you can use somewhere else or you convert positions whatever what the angels did uh, first off it's very funny <laughs> second that of was all, mostly why I said uh, it. <laughs> yeah, first off very entertaining second of all 
yeah i mean if you want a bigger indictment on an organization and what they think of their depth at that position i believe i saw the stat that they are the only franchise in major league baseball that has not had an all-star pitcher selected since it was either 2016 or 2017 interesting wow it's just they they haven't developed them they haven't signed them and so in this draft they are praying that just a couple of those 20 hit (laughs) that's exactly all it has to be is a couple Oh, they don't and need 20, couple, they need two or three. I mean, I was going to say four. Well, it's lit- yeah. That few have to be difference makers. Their first guy was Sam Bachman, ninth overall. I think two interesting points. 19 of the 20 were college pitchers. And if you know anything about mm-hmm. Billy Bean and Moneyball, you know that is probably the way to go because high school pitchers are just so inexperienced. And you mentioned the age part, but just having that college... I just said the word experience, but really it's just the college experience and the competition. They're also closer to the big leagues if you're drafting them out of college and high school. Exactly. The other thing that I thought was very important was that this is the first draft under new GM Perry Maniazen. If he is trying to make a point, it couldn't be any clearer. And to be straight, their director of scouting, it seems like nobody went into the draft with this plan because like Pat said, you don't. This would. This isn't even the same as picking seven defensive players in one yep. NFL draft. It's completely different because in the in the baseball draft, you pick best position available. That's it. And the Angels went like, with period twenty pitchers. Crazy. We know what he thinks of the previous uh, <laughs> previous scouting department, yeah, regime's uh, ability to stockpile a system, and that's the important thing. So we talk about the twenty pictures. We talk about you know between two and four hitting. It's not about just looking for like some superstar arms. You're looking for guys that can just be nice major league pieces, or, or mm-hmm. that can help fill out you know a farm system with depth arms and things like that. And that's something that very clearly the Angels think they have very little of which is why they're adding 20 of these guys. Now there's a chance they don't sign all 20, as you said. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, as we talked about, there cannot be a clearer sign of of identifying a problem and trying to fix it. (laughs) Would you like me to tell you how bad their farm system actually is in terms of pitching? You're scaring me. This is from The Athletic. The Angels have the fifth worst team ERA in the MLB. The Salt Lake Bees one of their minor league affiliates, has the fifth worst ERA in AAA West. Rocket City has the second worst ERA in AA South. At least that's a great name. They all are pretty good game names, to their credit. And Tri-City has the third worst in Class A Advanced West. The Angels have a team-wide, system-wide, the entire farm is struggling with arms. It's Uh actually, again, you do not go into it identifying this problem, snapping your finger, drafting 20 pitchers, and solving it. But it is, it's, I hope I'm making this point clear. It is unbelievable that this happened because the Angels have such bad results right now. Yeah, yeah, it it really is. And it's going to be really interesting when uh, they sign a 37-year-old Max Scherzer to a 10-year contract in the winter. (laughs) 
Um, Come on, Pat. They're not going to do that. <laughs> that would be the most Angels thing of all time to finally address You're pitcher, right. pick the oldest one on the market, who is having a great year, of course, you know, start of the All-Star game for the National League and all that. But uh, how Angels would that be to sign Scherzer to a long-term deal? That's uh, so funny. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, wow. They they are the main takeaway from this draft was 20 for 20. Yeah, it's unbelievable. You actually yeah. made me, this is totally on a tangent, but I have to ask you because I felt pretty strongly about this. What did you think about Max Scherzer being named the NL All-Star Game starter? Uh, it surprised me. I, I it, it surprised me. I, I, I mean, going into it, of course, a lot of it has to do with availability. Right, you know, and injuries. Think, yeah. yeah, and injuries. Like, I think Woodruff would have been the guy that, that you went with, but it, I, I don't believe he was uh, available for, for the All-Star Game. Corbin Burns did come in here second as we're piecing together the All-Star Game as it's happening live behind us as we <laughs> record. <laughs> um, I mean, the National League, it was always going to be weird because, of course, the, the guy is DeGrom. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to not have Woodruff or Gosman, who I think are kind of the, the 1A and 1B behind yeah. him, it, uh, it did feel a little strange. And it's nothing against Scherzer. Scherzer's had a really good year, but I don't know. For me, it didn't have the same meaning behind it without one of those three guys starting because i think those three have been so far and away the best three pitchers in the yeah. National league and i get the injury and the availability yeah, yeah, and the whole yeah. thing but i was kind of tweaked i was kind of tweaked when i when i heard that scherzer was named the starter and again the managers have the say mm-hmm. but this is not an indictment on scherzer's season or his performance or anything he was the number one snub in my book but the fact that he didn't make the original list of all-stars, mm-hmm. he was technically an alternate, a reserve player, wasn't on the first team, if you will, and was named the starter, I just felt like it was kind of an insult to the guys who were available, who were named on the original team. A guy yep. like Corbin Burns. I think Zach Wheeler was available, and he didn't start. He's having an unbelievable season. Again, nothing against Scherzer specifically. More on the decision making and why this is even why why this is even allowed to happen. If you're gonna do that, then why differentiate between starters mm-hmm. and reserves at all? Yeah, no, you're so right. And yeah, I did look it up. It was Gosman and Woodruff. I thought they weren't available to pitch, and no, they they were not available to pitch yeah. in this. Was so. Wheeler? Is he on that list? He is. Same with you, Darvish was not available to yeah, pitch. Yeah, so okay. I think you've all seen right. a lot of the top guys kind of either opted out or uh, or just weren't available based on their day but yeah zach wheeler was available and yeah. to your point which is great i didn't even think of it going in other than just being just kind of put off a little bit by scherzer um just thinking of all the other great pitchers that have been in the national league this year wheeler would have been the guy <laughs> so yeah i just i felt like it defeated the purpose of the voting and the whole thing if the manager is just gonna go in and pick his own pick the guy but whatever i you, you see so many guys that the starters really don't matter that much besides the media availability. But you can go ahead into your number. I am done with the Angels. They better see a freaking change after this because Perry is not going to be able to draft 20 more pitchers next year. Yeah, no, no, He no. put all his uh, eggs in one basket and it better pan out. <laughs> so I, I thought of a, a number of different ways I could have gone with the number. Uh, I did think of soccer, you know, you could have gone with one, which is now the amount of international titles Lionel Messi has, you know, the greatest player of our generation, Argentina took home the Copa America this this weekend, which is amazing and and great that he finally took that home. Thought about 55, which is the amount of years now that England have gone Mm. without a national or without a major title with the heartbreak at Wembley against Italy, but just around 
this year and and being at the all-star break it's it and especially at the all-star game i i looked at the number 25 just because of how insane it is and 25 is the amount of all-star appearances and all-star teams that hank aaron was on through his career wow and, and aaron of course passed away uh, earlier this year in january has been honored here at the all-star game you had you know all the players wearing 44 uh, for him which is phenomenal of course you know 755 home runs second all-time uh in home runs leads all of baseball history all of baseball in rbis uh you know a, a trailblazer one of the greatest players to to ever live and uh passed away earlier this year and like i said i just i thought it was a cool time uh, baseball is honoring him and just looking back at, at all those numbers 25 time all-star yeah, that doesn't even make sense to me. That is crazy. Five all-star teams in his career. He made, and all of them were made consecutively wow. from 1955 until 1975. You just don't see that type of longevity anymore. No. Even with all the great players that we have, I can't imagine any of them doing that for 25 years straight. I love that. Very, very well said. I'm so glad you went there. And kind of highlighting a different a different part of the thing of baseball and sports that we like to talk about. I think baseball has done a really good job honoring Aaron as well. Yeah, there have been a lot of legends lost in baseball over the last year and a half. You're I'd right. Say. Yeah, but uh, I would I would probably go with none bigger than than Henry Aaron. So wanted to throw that out there, and, and again, just look at his absurd greatness. As his a, baseball as one, reference is probably pretty unbelievable. It, that's what I'm looking at right now. And it's just <laughs> a lot of awards on there. The laundry list is incredible and obviously well-deserved. So I wanted to point that out here as we go into All-Star Week. Yeah. Again, we have given we have given baseball, the game, the management, the executives a hard time lately because of a whole plethora of things. But they've done this week right. They've done honoring Hank Aaron right. All the players are having such a good time. All the fans are seeming to be... Maybe revitalized again. Baseball's hot on the streets. It's a perfect thing for the game. Red Sox-Yankees on Thursday night. We're taking a break for a little, but I think baseball is in pretty good hands as we take our two-week hiatus. <laughs> I, I would say baseball's in, in pretty good hands. Uh, and, hey, we do have a weekly walk-off episode this week, too. Oh, so you're not, right. You're right. I'm sorry. Not yeah, our, this last our last one yet. One. Not yeah. yet. We got, we got another one before we hit our, our little summer break. But uh, always cool to look back at what was a... a awesome awesome home run derby a really cool mlb draft and wanted to honor hank aaron is alonzo gonna chase griffey is he gonna go back to back to he back? didn't he did not commit to it last night which i was surprised by because i thought for yeah, sure kind of he was gonna yeah. say yes so i wonder if at this point he just takes his back to back and rides off into the sunset which <laughs> i could not blame him there if he wants to stay undefeated in home run derby so especially if i hear that tatis is thinking about doing it next year maybe pete just wants to go out a back-to-back champion <laughs> yeah that would be tough i mean these guys are only i i, I hope that Vlad, back next year I hope he would so be too. crazy. The thing that I realized the most that I actually meant to mention about the Derby, did you see how gassed Shohei Otani was exhausted. after hitting? Yep. It is insane how exhausting it is to try and hit something that hard. And the fact that they do it for two minutes straight with just a 30-minute break, however many rounds that they do it for, that is crazy, 
it's crazy. exhausting. Especially add in the heat and the high altitude. Yeah, with that and thin air. your energy's flowing. There's so much going on. Yeah, I can only imagine how much energy that sapped out of wow. all of those participants last night. So, so cool. But it, we're it was so glad great. that they were in it, obviously. So oh, happy for all these guys. For sure. Yeah. So cool. Sweet. All right, that will do it for us here then on the Did You Hear podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes and follow us on Spotify. Leave a rating again. Thank you so much for getting us to 50. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Did You Hear Pod. And we will be back on Friday for a little weekly walk-off. Talk about the All-Star game. Look a little head, look ahead to the second half of the season. But otherwise, Emma, that's a wrap. <laughs>